Ladies and gentlemen who are listening out there in our radio audience, I can only apologize to you for the unbelieving, this the unseemly display. I am looking down on a scene of total debauchery. Nothing is more sickening than Jersey gone wild. Boy, in another five minutes, I'm going to have all of you down in a mess hall. I'm going to see nothing but you-know-what and elbows. <laughs> You'll have to explain that to them when you get back to Jersey, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, it, but but uh, seriously, though, we're, we're here at the limelight, down in the heart of fetid, steaming, truthful, magnificent, beautiful Greenwich Village where sensitivity and beauty and truth flows down to the Hudson River like a, like a vast stream of goat guana. And, 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 and all, all, all jesting aside, though, somebody here, you know, when you come out, I look down here and I see this rabble yelling and hollering and kicking the tables over. It's terrible. Have you wondered what this is here? One more smart crack. This is not stuffed. The other side is in the next room. Oh, Charlie here. As a matter of fact, this is our symbolic listener figure. <laughs> and for those of you who have got other hang-ups, this is a very fine mother symbol. <laughs> In fact, we had one guy come in here about three nights ago. He walked right up to the edge of the steps. He took one look and he got pure white. He said, how did you know I was here? <laughs> he ran back to the Bronx. His name was Marty. <laughs> that was unfair, wasn't it, gang? Beautiful Alexander's, magnificent. Yeah, have you ever thought of Alexander's up there on Fordham Road? Incredible Alexander's. You seen it up there? It's the Taj Mahal of the Bronx. And, and you know, all of this world, since we're all part of the New York world, somebody here a couple of minutes ago says, tell an army story. Oh, yeah, when, when it gets hot like this. I mean, this is steaming hot. It's about 85 degrees out now. And you know, have you ever walked down Park Avenue? One of the best things that I like to do in the summer is to walk down Park Avenue, see, about 2 o'clock in the morning. There's nothing. Silence, see. You walk down there at 2 o'clock in the morning and all the air conditioners spit on you. <laughs> yeah, miles of rich air conditioners, see. And they spit Chanel number no. 5. <laughs> and I walk down there. It's all part of the New York summer scene. New York is a summer fist fight. And, yeah, and you can hear the sound of thumps and the thuds and guys getting rabbit punches in the back of the neck. And it's exciting. I love New York in the summer. But you know, New York in the summertime, maybe you don't, maybe you don't know this if you haven't been a GI. New York in the summertime is a peculiar kind of... It's like a magnet. And it, it, it's mythological. And I'm in the Army, see. And I'm in, in, in Missouri. 
Now, I don't know whether you've ever been in Missouri. It's almost impossible to describe. The ground goes on and on. It reaches up to the sky. It's the Ozarks. And the sun is beaten down. And once in a while, it snows. Occasionally, it floods. And you see nothing but red clay. And there we are in Camp Crowder, Missouri. Me and Gasser, all of Company K has just been put together. Little did we realize what an ignominious history we were to have. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. You know, they, they put us together in this new little group, see, Company K, and all of us had come up through movies. Almost everybody knows all about the Army through movies or novels. In fact, 90% of the protesters don't know what the army really is. But I'm a genuine protester. <laughs> I know what it is, see. And so here we arrive, and they put us all together in the barracks. Two, two levels. One up, one down. And I'm up on the top. And it was the first time that I smelled an aroma which I have never forgotten. And in the summertime, I remembered once in a while when I pass an occasional pool room. It's the smell of fermenting butt cans. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't want to know what a butt can is, a butt can in the Army is a big fruit can. You know, they get these big cans full of pineapple, and they empty them out after you get the pineapple. The sergeants get the pineapple. We never saw the pineapple. We always saw the can, see? And you nail a can up at the end of the barracks, and that's called the butt can. And it's full of water, I guess. Well, after all, the latrine is a block away, you know. It's, it's, here it is, see. And for years, guys have been throwing cigar butts and all kinds of stuff in there. In fact, our butt cans went back as far as the Spanish-American War. And they were fermenting, see. So I'm sitting there in the barracks. I've been in the Army three days. There I am, see. I don't know a soul. Not one guy. Little did I realize that this group of men would get to know each other so intimately that the hate we grew to bore for each other <laughs> would be cherished for a lifetime. <laughs> oh yeah, every time I meet a guy named Ed, I want to kill him. There was one private in our company named Ed, a little skinny guy, and he, 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 was, he was like, well, what he was, he, you know, have you ever known anybody who's compulsively clean? I mean, compulsive. And so... All the company would be walking along cheating, you know, throwing butts, and Edwards would run behind us picking them up. <laughs> Therefore, lousing it up for all of us. And then he would polish doorknobs. And he would polish belt buckles. He would, he would even volunteer to polish your belt buckle. And that was Edwards. Now, whenever I see Edwards, you know, that name Ed, Edwards, I get, ooh, I smell Bon Ami. <laughs> Hasn't scratched yet. You know, old Edwards. And Gasser, on the other hand. Here's Gasser. Another one of my bosom buddies. Gasser is six feet seven. And Gasser, from the time he was nine, spoke in monosyllables. You see, he, at the early age, maybe of three, already spoke army. <laughs> he had only one word, by the way. <laughs> And old Gasser is always sitting over here, see, and, and he's, he's at the next bunk, and I'm sitting here. We didn't know that we would get to know each other. We thought it was a temporary outfit. When in walked 
a captain. He said, all right, man, at ease. Stay where you are. And we're sitting. And I'm sitting there in my GI shorts. You know, my dog tags hanging down. All excited. Because, you know, whenever, when, when you first go in the Army, whenever you see an officer walk by, you say, there go I in two weeks. <laughs> Little did I realize, three and a half years later, and one stripe later, <laughs> I would be... And he walks in. He says, all right, all you guys, at ease. He walks around. You know, one thing they learn at OCS is theatrical timing. They drop their bombs carefully, see. He looks at Gasser. You're Gasser. Gasser, yes. He walks, looks at me, and he says, you're Jablonski. I said, no, no, my name is Shepard. what's your name? I said, Shepard. He said, take this man's name, rank, and serial number. Already I'm in trouble. You know? He thought I was Jablonski, and because I wasn't, he could see already I was a you-know-what up. <laughs> Radio hasn't come of age yet, you know. I'm sitting there, you know, I'm behind the eight ball, and then he walks down the entire length of the barracks, and he says, all right, men, our company has been designated K Company. We are going to be the best damn company in the whole army. We are going to go through hell together. Little did we know how truthful he was. <laughs> and he was going to provide all of it. <laughs> we thought he was referring to Hitler, you know. Somehow I would have kind of preferred Hitler for a company commander. And he walks up and down and he says, He says, yep. And you men are going to be living through the greatest period of your life. You're going to remember it all of your life. If you live. <laughs> yeah, he says, if you live. There was a dead silence. He says, is it my duty now to train you guys to whip you into shape? And if you are not whipped into shape, there is going to be plenty, there's going to be plenty of skull bones out there at that rifle range. Any questions? And out he goes. That was my first meeting with my company commander. I was not to speak to him again for two and a half years. He was so remote. He was always in the distance. And so we began to train. And there was one thing that kept us going all the time. And that was at the end of basic training, you're going to get two weeks off. Well, the last day of basic training came. Oh, I'll never forget it. And they had a company, we had a company formation. We're now soldiers. We've been through the obstacle course. It's been three months. We've all lost 45 pounds. We're bronzed. We're angry. We've not seen a chick for three months. <laughs> Except in one of my favorite movies. How many of you remember that great movie? They used to show it to us every three days. <laughs> We'd look forward to it. Yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> it was called The Mickey Mouse. And it starred Louis Stone. You remember Louis Stone when he was Judge Andy Hardy? And he was always giving a man-to-man -man talk. Boy, I didn't know that he talked to Mickey Rooney about that stuff, you know. 
Oh, yeah, and here he shows up. I'll never forget this movie. It would open up, you know, it'd start out and say, This is a confidential Signal Corps film. Da 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 Confidential material. Da 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 Seal your lips. Da 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 This means you, soldier. Da 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 Film number 422, serial D, Department of Defense. Da 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 And then it would fade out. We're all sitting there. We can hardly wait, see? And on would come Lewis Stone. You remember him? Big, white hair. He was always a judge. And now he's a colonel. And he's wearing this uniform, see? Very official. And he says, Men, as an officer of the Army Medical Corps, it is my duty to tell you some facts of life. And there's a great roar of applause. <laughs> You know, let's get out with a judge, you know, wow. And then he pulls down this thing. He says, first, I want to show you something. Woo! What a scene, you know. He shows this. He says, this is the result of a GI not knowing the facts that I am about to impart to you. And then he pulls down another one. Woo! And here's a chick, you know. He says, this man is the enemy. And... <laughs> well, it was the greatest film I ever saw in my life, you know, and I'm about 12 years old, you know. In fact, what I, 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 at that point, my reading material, just before I got in the Army, I had gone into the second series of volumes of the Oz stories. <laughs> yeah, my idea of a racy chick was Ozma of Oz. I used to have a little thing, too, on Raggedy Ann, too, you know. And now I'm seeing these fantastic films. You know, we're all sitting there, and Gas is sitting next to me, and he's... We're all, and, and if you've ever seen guys taking training films, what a sight. It's in a tin building. And these are nothing but wooden planks. And we're all sitting there with the helmets, canteens, gas mask. We got our medical little thing here with the morphine, the whole bit, you know. We've got our cartridge belts around us, and we've been wearing the same fatigues for six weeks. <laughs> and there ain't no air conditioning. Oh, yeah, it's the smell of fatigues growing and festering. Yeah, your fatigues, you know, sometimes when you're asleep in your bunk and you're lying in your sack, you can hear your fatigues next to you growing. <laughs> you, can hear them, you, you can hear them kind of moving around in the dark. Once in a while you hit it, shut up, lay down there. <laughs> Yeah, the fungus and all that stuff. So all of us are sitting there, see, we, each one of us have got our rifle. We're sitting there with the M1. And up there is the judge telling us what to watch out for. I think we were getting the wrong message. And there was one great scene. How many of you remember this scene, see? There was a big clock on the back, and it kept ticking. And the judge kept saying, two hours. You have two hours to visit... That green light. <laughs> it's on your service record, men. Somewhere they've got a list of how many times you were there. They took your name, you know. It says you've got two hours, and this clock is ticking, and it shows this GI. What a man. And you know who played the GI? I'll tell you, it was wild. It was Alan Ladd. Yeah, but he hadn't even made it yet. He wasn't a movie star then. He was just a GI. It was Alan Ladd, see? And Alan Ladd walks along, 
And he's walking down the street, ta 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 ti 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 And the music is going, ta 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 ti ta 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 ti ta 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 ti And he's got a cigar, ta 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 ti And then you see under the lamppost this chick. And the drums go, dum da da dum da da dum And everybody in the crowd is saying, go, man, wow. You know, we were in, in, we were in Missouri, and they didn't have women in Missouri. Well, not in the ordinary accepted sense of the word, see. And we're watching this scene. And then the next shot of the movie, it shows him, see. He's going up the steps. He's going into this sordid-looking, crummy, rotten place. He disappears, and he puts his cigar on the railing uh, outside the door. See, it's, it's a rooming house. It's got a railing, see. He puts his cigar on the railing, and he disappears. There's a quick little switch of scene. It goes, dunk, dunk. And you see him coming out, and he picks up his cigar, and it's the same length. The cigar is still going. And the crowd applauds. Wow! You know? Holy smokes, you know, what a performance. And everybody applauds. And, 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 and the officers are very mad when this is going on. They're walking around, shut up, shut up, shut up. That ain't... And you should have seen our chaplain. I challenge men, please. <laughs> Thou shalt not sin, men. <laughs> and everyone says, yeah, I know, well. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, it, it kept a lot of guys going all through the war, that film, see. Well, you know, I want to tell you a little aftermath of that film. I'm out of the Army now. One of those great moments unsung, which you will never hear. Great moments in mass entertainment. I'm out of the Army, and I'm going to school. I'm a GI student. I'm in the 5220 Club. <laughs> this is a crummy bunch over here. <laughs> the 5220 Club, in case you don't know it, is they gave you $20 a week for 52 weeks for goofing off. It was great, you know, and I'm, I'm walking around. I got my combat fatigues on, and I'm, I'm going to college, you know. I'm wearing a field jacket. Incidentally, you know what I had done? Since I had gotten out of the Army, you know, and I got out, I was discharged as a corporal, see? Temporary rank. I, they wouldn't even make me a solid corporal. It's just temporary. You know, oh, that was the final kick. After three years, they make me a corporal. And in the little parentheses, it says temporary. You know, I said, why don't you just give me something that's mine just once? And so after I got out, you know, I take my stripes off of my field jacket. And you can see that big empty space there, you know, with the corporal. So I got an idea. I'm out about three months, and I'm walking past this Army surplus store. And I see these tech sergeant stripes, see. <laughs> so I sneak in, see. The guy says, you in the Army? I said, no, I just collect things like that. He says, what do you want? I said, well, can I see the stripes you've got? And he brings out this great, big, fantastic piece of felt, you know, with a frame around it. And here are the stripes. And they're gold. Oh, beautiful. Master Sergeant. Boom, boom, boom. Wow, you know, stripes. <laughs> First Sergeant. Boom, boom, boom. With a diamond in it, you know. And then they went all the way on down to the end where I was. <laughs> Well, I had always had an ambition for three years in the Army. I had always had an ambition 
to buy myself a set of Master Sergeant Stripes. So I said, uh, I'm looking at them. See, they're gold. I'm wearing my old field jacket. And he could see I was a corporal. See. I'm looking at him. He says, he leans forward and he says, fella, I made myself a captain last week. <laughs> So I walk out, see, I chickened out at the end. I walked out with a set of tech sergeant stripes. <laughs> you know, and I put them on, see, and I put them on. And I says, Ma, I want you to wash my field jacket now seven times in a row. <laughs> she said, what for? It'll, it'll shrink and it'll, 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 uh, it'll fade. I said, that's right, Ma. And so she put it in the washer, in the wringer seven times, and it came out, and I had this tech sergeant thing. I took the stripes off. You should have seen it. I had this big empty space so you could see fantastic bunch of stripes. So then I go to school. <laughs> I can remember walking through the old quad, you know, walking like this. I got my field jacket on, you know, and guys sitting there, all kinds of civilians looking at me and say, chicken. They're saying, chicken, chicken. I said, shut up, Eddie. <laughs> and, and I heard one guy, one of the great moments, you know, I'm sitting, in, I'm, I'm sitting in the cafeteria at school. I got my field jacket on. And there's a guy sitting down at the end, and he's got, he's got an old GI shirt, and he's talking to a chick. And I'm down there having a big argument with somebody, and I hear him saying to his girl, he says, you know, you can tell them first three graders every time. He says, look at that rotten you-know-what. I get up, and I says, did I hear somebody saying something about first three graders here? He says, no, 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 sergeant. That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, so, so I'm, 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 I'm living the life of a civilian, see, and I'm working in this television station. I'm working there in the summertime. It's a TV and radio station, and it's in Cincinnati. And one night, late at night, we're standing in the back room, you know, in the film chain, you know, where all the films are, are shown. And I'm with a guy who is an ex-Navy chief. And he is the engineer. I am the announcer. And he turns to me and he says, Hey, Shep. He says, Do you remember that great film we used to see with Lewis Stone? I says, Yeah, Bob. He says, I've got it right here. <laughs> I says, No, Bob. He says, Yeah, let's. <laughs> So help me, if you think I'm inventing it, I'm telling you the truth. After the old movie, you know, the old movie went off. We had some fantastic old movie with the guy dressed up, you know, in the gorilla suit walking around. And there's Dorothy L'Amour in the sarong and John Hall with the plastic hair, you know. <laughs> you know, the whole, we knew that nobody could watch to the end of this movie, see. So it goes off about one o'clock in the morning and I make an announcement. Very, very, you know, says, now as a special service announcement, we present this special Signal Corps film. And it goes da 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 So help me, we played that film all the way through to the end on television.
and did not get a single call. And two weeks later, there were about 5,000 letters from people saying that was a marvelous film. <laughs> they thought it was an Italian movie. <laughs> uh, speaking of decadence, friends, what radio station is this, friends? Hit it hard. <laughs> and where are we? Hit it. Poor fools that aren't in New York tonight. Oh, boy. Oh, hey, listen. Let's all of us now, one, this one brief moment here. Now, we don't realize how far ahead of the game we are. All of us here. We're in New York now. This is it. The Big Apple. It's got a lot of worms. But this is the Big Apple, you know. I mean, you walk down 6th Avenue and those cigar butts are up to your knees. And the beer cans are coming down out of the apartments, you know. Wouldn't it be great if it was only beer cans? You know, and you're walking down there and you look around and you say, this is New York, this is my town. Oh, boy. Uh, and you look over and you see this bum lying there in the, in the doorway. And he's got this big bottle of Sneaky Pete next to him. What have you been trying to do by Sneaky Pete? This is the limelight. It's Sneaky Charles here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you walk past it and you say, this is New York. This is where 97.9% of everybody would like to live, like to be. Let's now just give a small sigh of commiseration for those poor souls who have to live in Hackensack. <laughs> The decadence is sickening. <laughs> so all together now for those poor people out in Indiana who will never get out. Oh, can you imagine living in Circleville, Ohio? I mean, it just boggles the imagination, you know. I mean, you're never going to get out of it, you know. I can just see them now standing in front of the, standing in front of the drugstore in Circleville, Ohio. And all he can do on a Saturday night, you know, in Circleville, is watch the turnpike. <laughs> yeah, it's true, honey. They don't even let him get on it out there, you know. <laughs> no way to get on it. You've got to go all the way to Wisconsin to get on, you know. And the turnpike there is elevated. It just goes right over the state. And the guys stand there and they watch it in the darkness. They see those cars, those lights going to Los Angeles. 2,984 miles to the west. And then the other crowd going to New York, 1,942 miles to the east. And where are you? You're 17 miles from the nearest Howard Johnson. <laughs> so let's all, right now, let's all go, aww. Aww. Poor fools. Well, some got it and some ain't, kid. That's the way it is. You know, New York, getting back to New York, I remember when Company K were through. We are now having our big inspection. This is one of those great moments. How many of you have ever had a moment in your life that sticks with you and it rankles you? One of those great total disappointments. I mean total disappointment. You may be even dating her tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the way she's laughing, fella. <laughs> he turned to his friends and what's he talking about? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing about, about living, about living in, the, in the army. They've got you. You know, you don't recognize. When you use the word freedom, you use it very loosely. Because the civilian does not recognize the incredible freedom that he has. And now it's the last day. All right, at ease. Come on, Frank. Watch it here. At ease now. Watch it, Frank. That's it. <laughs> it's the last day. You know, I have never read a short story about the last day of basic training. I mean, it's a peculiar thing. We, we entered the army and we were all bugged. You know, here you are, you're first in the army, you're, you're confused, you kind of hate it. And now it's the last day and we are soldiers, theoretically. And here's Company K all standing there. See? And the captain is walking up and down in front of us. We are bronzed. This little group is going to go. This little group is going to fight for democracy. We are going to make the world safe for positive thinking. <laughs> yes, we're going to make it safe for all of it. See, we're standing there. We got our, our M1s to the side. They've issued us new equipment, beautiful sharp suntans, and the captain is inspecting us. And then he steps out in front of us and he says, Men, at ease. I can't tell you, men, how proud I am of you. You all come through. Every one of you qualified down at the rifle range. Let me tell you about that. How Company K qualified down at the rifle range. The first day I'm down at the rifle range, I am sent down to the pits. And that's putting the targets up and down, see? And the rest of Company K, B platoon, is firing. I'm in A platoon, we're putting the things up, see? And so I hear this voice say, ready on the right, ready on the left, ready on the firing range, issue one round ball ammunition. And here I am, Donner, see? I got my hat on, see? Gasser's got the other side of the target. Issue one round ball ammunition. And it's this fantastic PA system. And there are 100 firing, 100 firing stations, and this is an enormous field, and we're 300 yards away from them, three times the length of a football field, away from our buddies. And way off in the back are the hills of the Ozarks, with farmers walking around among their dead cows. <laughs> I'm not kidding, that's the truth. Well, they tell me one farmer over there had a, had a pillbox in the back of his house. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I, I always imagine that farm family, you know, sitting down to dinner, you know. They sit down there all of a sudden, Whoa! And he says, well, Ma, the six o'clock firing has started. Let's go. And down they go into their foxhole. <laughs> He's bringing his his wheat and his biscuits, you know. Well, we're sitting there. Now, wait a minute. Now, here's what happened in the firing range. This is how Company K qualified. I'm down there with the target seat. Big concrete abutment. It's about 20 feet high. Back of you, nothing. 
Ahead of you, you can hear this PA system. Issue one round, ball ammunition, load and lock. And then you hear like a thousand tiny crickets. You can hear tick, 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 tick. You hear the sound of that bolt, you know. And that big 30 caliber slug being thrown in there, that 306, click, 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 click. And Gas says, oh my God. <laughs> and then there's dead silence. Oh boy, that's the most dramatic moment, see. Dead silence. And then the voice says, ready on the right. Silence. Ready on the left. <laughs> Then there's another pregnant pause, and then you hear, boom! One guy shot himself in the foot. <laughs> I'm so help me, that's exactly where then we hear, ah! Gasser says, well, it breaks the ice. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Then there's another long pause. They get him into the wagon. They take him away. And then the voice says, ready on the right. Ready on the left. Targets up. Our target's stuck. And then it goes. Oh, boy. Oh, you hear this? You hear, get the boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And then they start coming in a big roll that goes, boom, And our target up there, see, Gasser's hanging on one end. I'm on the other. The rocks are flying. And all around you, you hear, whee! Oh, and there's one kind of ricochet that goes, whee, 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 whee. Gas says, oh my God, listen to that one. Whee, whee, it's flying all over. And our target, it jiggles. Gas says, he hit it. Edwards hit it. Down it comes, and our target has 39 holes in it. I'm not kidding, it had 39 holes, and not one hole was a bullet hole. They were all rocks. They were hitting the rocks. So Gasser says, give them a five. A five is a bullseye. So I slap the thing in. Up it goes. And then I hear bullseye on number 22. And I could see this guy down there in my mind. I could see Edward saying, I knew I was a good shot. <laughs> well, see, we had an unspoken, we had an unspoken agreement. I doctor your target. Tomorrow when I shoot, you doctor mine. And so here we're all now, we're graduating as soldiers. And he says, I'm proud of you. We have 75 of you men qualified as sharpshooters. We're going to give them a lot of trouble. There's only one thing, men. We're all standing, see, for three solid months. We have been looking forward to that day when we would graduate from basic training. Our uniforms sharp. We would go home for our, for our two-week pass with our barracks bags, our new uniforms. You know, we're all new soldiers. I'm standing there. Everybody's excited. The captain says, Men, you're soldiers. And what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means, men. It means that unquestioningly, you accept whatever the ravages of war will dish out to you. And Gasser says, what's he up to? <laughs> he took a deep breath and he says, Men, unfortunately I have just received orders 
that our company is not getting the usual two-week post-furlough, and you can see the whole company. <laughs> Instead, we are going to be shipped directly to the POE. <laughs> That's the boat. Company K is shipped directly to the POE. Gasser picked up. I could hear Gasser beside me. That, that single monotone, that word that he used over and over again. <laughs> Gasser could say it breathing in and breathing out at the same time. Gasser said it in his sleep. He would snore it. And you could hear Gasser, he would say it when he's eating. It went steadily. And I could hear that raise. It, it just kind of raised up in Gasser. You could hear... It's like a Geiger counter, see? And Edwards next to us, I could hear Edwards' backbone sort of relax a little bit. Company K has gotten the well-known you-know-what. Well, 24 hours later, and this is where New York comes in, 24 hours later, Gasser and I, two disappointed GIs, with a dollar and 87 cents in our pockets, are walking down 41st Street. I had never seen New York in my life. How many of you know that feeling? I mean, most of you live here, so New York is a gradual thing. But the first time you see New York, it's, 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 um, you just can't believe it. It's fantastic. And we're both walking down the street. You can't believe it. And now we're walking down Broadway. I remember the first time I saw a sign that said Broadway. I said, there is a Broadway gas. Look, it's a real street. Look. Look at it. It's got cigar butts. <laughs> Look at it. There's a drunk gasser, just like Indiana. It's Broadway. And we're walking down the street, the two of us, and it's on a hot August night, just like this, with a moon hanging over. And I was about to learn one of the great all-time lessons of my life. For, for three solid months, Gasser and I had spent every night from the time we finished chow till the time we had to go to bed playing ping pong. Our company, Company K, got so hung on ping pong that if, believe me, if Hitler had fought with a ping pong paddle, I'll tell you, we were fantastic. It was all we had to do, you know, night after night, we're sort of sweating, you know, our shirts hanging off, bing, bang, up over the shoulder, you know, like this, fantastic. Watch this, Gasser, power, ding, pong, pong, ding, pong. You know, night after night, it's a ballet of ping pong, see? And, and, uh, <laughs> now, for those of you who do not know what a day room is, you know, it's a curious name for the day room because nobody is allowed in it in the daytime. Yeah, that's true. The day room is the little room that every company is given for its so-called relaxation, recreation. And all that's in the day room is a ping-pong table and two staff sergeants who have been playing at that same ping-pong table since the Boer War. <laughs> and they just don't give up the paddle, you know, just these two guys. There is a Coke machine that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> You know, I remember sitting next, one of, one of, one of, you know, you look for little pleasures in the army. You know, you really begin to learn how the little things in life are the true things that make life worth living. 
And I can remember in this, in this camp down in the, in the Everglades, the temperature was 500 degrees. And I would go down there and I would sit next to the Coke machine. And I would listen to it hum. And the Coke machine jiggled a little bit, see, and scratched my heat rash. I'd sit there like this, see. And the Coke machine is scratching my heat rash. I don't know whether the Coke company knows this. I'd sit there, see, like that. And I would wait. I would look forward to a GI coming in and putting a dime in the machine. Because then when the dime would go in, the Coke machine would jump. And it would get me in the kidney. They bump like that. So I'm sitting there. That's the kind of world it was. And ping pong was the only thing that kept us going. And you are looking at, and I'm serious, you are looking at the best ping pong player that the Signal Corps ever turned out. I didn't learn anything about radar. I couldn't shoot. But let me tell you, my backhand was as devastating as any backhand ever seen. I was the acknowledged company champ. And in the last month, we would have battalion... We'd have battalion competitions and old Shep was like this, you know, night after night, ping, 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 you know, ping, boom, ping. I had a serve, you know, this kind of serve, boom, and it way boom, down. You know. Oh, man, you know, I was great. You, you know, this great sense of power when you're picking them off the floor, you know, off the ceiling. And Gasser, Gasser was my big opponent. Gasser was six feet seven. And Gasser was like a big Katie did playing, you know. I always remember one scene of Gasser. I put this fantastic backspin on one shot, you know, with that kind that goes and kicks the corner. You know, the pew, and it sort of hangs up in midair. I always see Gasser spread eagled in the middle of the air, going one way, the ball going the other, see? His mouth wide open and 40 mosquitoes flying in. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm, I'm walking down the street with Gasser now, see? The two greatest ping pong players from the signal car. Walking down the street. We got a dollar and a half, maybe, see. We had, each one of us had received, I had received from home, and I had it in my pocket, and I had it folded up in my wallet, and I kept it for three months. One big $50 bill. How many of you have ever had something you kept all the time? You didn't want to spend it. A $50 bill, and I had it stuck down in the grooves, see. Gasser had a $20 bill that his uncle had given him. Our spending, though, was $1.87. Walking down the street. New York. The Great White Way. A thousand lights for every broken heart. Or is it every broken heart for a thousand lights? <laughs> Everywhere you see it, see. And Gasser says... What do we do? Gee, I don't know. We're standing there. Have you ever seen G.I.s doing that in the middle of Times Square just looking? <laughs> They're standing in front of that guy that sells all those crummy buttons, you know? You ever seen that guy up on Times Square, those rotten buttons, you know, like, try me, I'm ready. You know, little buttons say, whoopee, and all that stuff. We're standing there, see? we never seen nothing like that. We're both looking. Gasser says, should I buy a button? I said, where would you wear it, Gasser? I could wear it in a shower. <laughs> oh, them showers. <laughs> and so, 
So the two of us are walking down in this heat, you know. And now, this place is still there, friends. And if you ever see it, you are, you are going, it's, it's still there. It's up in the 50s, the late 40s or the early 50s on Broadway. It's, yes, that's right. <laughs> oh, I know, baby. It's on the west, uh, the east-west side of the street. On the west side of the street, as you go towards Columbus Circle. Now, we, did, we, we had no idea what was going on. Gasser, this is it's a whole new world, see. We're walking along, and all of a sudden, up there, about two stories above the street, there's a sign. It says, bowling. It says, billiards. And it says, ping pong. <laughs> yeah, ping pong, see. So we're walking along like this, and, and a guy is standing in the doorway. We, we should have suspected, you know. There's a guy standing in the doorway, standing like this. And Gasser walks by. See, we've seen that guy in that movie. You know, he appeared in the Lewis Stone movie, that same character. So he's standing like this. Gasser walks past him. I walk past him. He says, hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. You want to have a good time? You want to have a good time? Well, you know, we had been warned about that by our chaplain. And in fact, ever since I was a kid, I had been looking for that man. <laughs> you want to have a good time, men? The guess is, uh... Yeah. And I say, yeah. And he says, follow me. So up the stairs we go. We go up these stairs. And now we're in a room. See these lights here? These lights are taken from a room just like that. These lights were taken from a famous pool room in New York City. Seriously, they were. And they have lights all up and down. You saw Minnesota Fats, you know? They have all these lights. And there are the most magnificent friends. I'll tell you, it's a sight to bring tears to your eyes. The most magnificent ping pong tables I've ever seen. Oh, were they beautiful. Fantastic. They were green. I mean, can you imagine ping pong tables with grass growing on them? I mean, they were beautiful green ping pong tables and they were smooth. Our ping pong table, I'll tell you, <laughs> our ping pong table in Company K was sort of pretzel shaped. You know, it had been used for crap games and for fist fights. And now it had gotten all warped. You know, and I used to play the warp. You know, I could play the dents and the holes in it and all that. And here were these tables. Gee, just beautiful. This guy walks past. He says, what's your game, man? I said, what do you mean, what's our game? And he says, well, we always like to welcome GIs here. I mean, you know, we've got a special, got a special thing going with the USO, a free game for every GI that comes up. A free game? We never used to pay for ping pong, see? And he says, yeah, free game, pick a ping pong table. And so Gatcher says, gee, here's a good one. Look at that. We're rubbing it. At the lights, there wasn't a staff sergeant within miles. And they had Coke machines that worked. We're both looking at this table, see? It's got a beautiful net. If you can imagine a net that was woven of pure gossamer, woven by hand by fairies. 
Well, in those days, Gasser and I didn't know what they were. We used to just call them 4F, see? And, and <laughs> here was this beautiful net. <laughs> and we're looking at that table, and Gasser says, yeah, I'd like to have a game. And he says, well, come on, fellas, pick your paddles. Well, they had over by the wall, be careful to this place if you ever go there. Over by the wall, they had a set of the most magnificent ping-pong paddles I'd ever seen. You know, we had these little crummy paddles with the wood that gotten stripped off, you know, tape on a handle. Look at those things. And they were made out of all kinds of wood. There was teak. Here was a beautiful one made of some kind of oriental wood. I pick one of them up, you know, it's got a, it's got a pistol grip. You know, one of the best feelings in the world is a ping-pong paddle. A really good one. Yeah, I hefted this thing. Oh, boy. You know, gee whiz. And Gasser's at the other side of the table. He says, wow, look at this, Shep. Isn't this great? And the guy says, okay, fellas. Hey, Charlie, break out of those New English balls. The guy comes down, and he's got a set of beautiful ping-pong balls. You know that Company K, for three and one-half years, played with the same ping-pong ball. <laughs> and it had a crack around it. <laughs> and we thought all ping-pong balls went gang when they hit, you know. And he breaks this thing open. He goes, he, uh, what, what, what style the pros have got? He takes the ball and he goes, Pew! he spins it in the air with his thumb. And it goes, it hits the table. It goes, think, boing, 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 think, and he catches it. Gasser says, gee, can you teach me that? He says, go, fellas, be my guest. And so Gasser stands back with the new ball. He says, Joey Pink for serve? I said, no, go ahead, you serve, Gasser. I'm company champ. Who says, yeah, that's right. And Gasser had one of these little looping serves, you know, left-handed player, a little looping serve. He took a pink and it was boom. And it comes over. And I had never played on a ping-pong table like that before. It was the first one that I could see the ball. So I hit it back, back, you know, getting the feel of it. Pink, pink, boom. And then, boom, you know. Gasser, boom, boom. And we're playing, see. And our friend is watching us. We finished the game. I beat Gasser 21-9. He says, fellas, go ahead. Take another one. Get warmed up. He steps back. And I start hitting this. Boom. I'm starting to sweat. You know, boom. And by now, the tables all around us are beginning to fill up with civilian types. And they're just pinging. Casually. See, Gasser and I are playing for keeps now, you know. Boom. Ding. Boom! Pow! Boom! Uh, then you walk away, you know, that snotty look. <laughs> you take a shot of your Coke and you go back. All right, let's go, Gassy, you know. Boom! 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 <laughs> you spit. We finished the game. And I skunk him again. And then the guy says, You're a pretty good player, gee. Gee, I never saw a shot like that. How do you hold your paddle? I said, Well, I could say, Watch, you, know, you hold the ball like this. See, you spin it. Get a little spin like that. Hit it like that. See, got a cross cut on it. Gee, that's very good. 
Very, very good. Do, do, do you mind if I play a game with you? Do oh. you mind, Gasser, we play? Gasser says, no. He stands over. So I take the ball. I says, should I serve? Where you want? Ping? What? He says, no, go ahead, you serve. I like you serve. Go ahead. So I go, ping. And he goes, uh. I said, no, no, stand up straight. Stand up straight. When you hit it, don't, don't push the ball. Oh, he says, oh, I see you hit it like that. I said, yeah, like, see, get, ooh, get under it and cut it. He says, oh, I see. So then I go, poop, you know. He goes, uh. I, I said, no, no, no. When you have an overhead shot, wait, and then slam it, say, like that. Don't go, uh. That's like a girl. He said, oh, I see. Shoulder, bring it on. I said, yeah. So we played a whole game. I beat him 21 to 3. Not feeling good, see? A couple of guys are walking over from the other tables. You know, one guy says, geez, I sure like to see them GIs. They really learn how to play ping pong in the Army. It's great to see a good player. By now, there's about seven guys around us, and this happened. Oh, I'll never forget it. He finally says, let's play a real game now. I think I got it. So I says, okay, you serve. So he hits this little serve over. I return it right down the aisle. He walks over and he hits it back. Then I go over and hit it back. See? A little excitement's growing now, see. I see you're getting it. Hit another one. I said, watch this one now. <clears throat> and he goes, pick it up. Gee, that's good. Did I do that right? I said, yeah. <clears throat> We're beginning to sweat, see. I said, hey, he's catching on, guess. <clears throat> This is WOR, 710 on your dial in New York. The WOR time signal, exactly 12 o'clock midnight.